Before we jump into the episode today, I want to share something with you from my heart. First of all, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really can't tell you how much your support means to me. We've been doing the podcast now for almost four years. I can't even believe it. And I'm so grateful for each and every single one of you that listens, shares an episode with your friends, sends me a DM or a text message letting me know how an episode resonated with you or any aha moments. Seriously, I couldn't be more grateful to be able to create this podcast. It has been such a blessing in my life, and I love hearing the ways it's been able to provide value in yours as well. One thing you might not know is how much work it takes to be consistent with a podcast. In fact, did you know that the majority of podcasts don't make it past episode number 10? And we are well, 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 well beyond that. And it's just a lot thinking of the episodes, recording them, editing them, managing the guests, making sure that everything runs smoothly and gets uploaded consistently and regularly. And so that's why I have created an amazing opportunity for you to support the podcast monetarily. And in exchange for that, you will get exclusive premium subscriber content. So for as little as $3 a month, you can become a premium subscriber of the podcast. And every month I will upload new voice-guided workouts and breathwork meditation audio for you. So that way you can work out with me coaching you in your ears. You can also take a moment to reduce your stress and relax and come down and ground down with one of my breathwork audios. So if that is on your heart to support the podcast for as little as $3 a month to become a premium podcast subscriber, I can't tell you how much that means to me and the growth of this podcast. I appreciate you. If you're interested, Click the link in the description, become a premium podcast subscriber, new content every month, and while supplies last, I'll send you an exclusive podcast coffee mug so you can have your self-love and sweat coffee every morning. I appreciate you. Now let's get into the show. Welcome to Self-Love and Sweat, the podcast, the place where you'll get inspired to live your life unapologetically, embrace your perfect imperfections, break down barriers, and do what sets your soul on fire. I'm your host, London Souza. Hey, have you grabbed your free self-love and sweat monthly calendar yet? This calendar is so amazing. It comes right in your inbox every single month to help you have a little nugget of wisdom, a sweaty workout, a mindset activity, just a little something, something to help keep you focused and motivated and keep that momentum towards your goals. So every day when you get this calendar, you'll see a link that you can click that will lead to a podcast episode or a workout or something that will be very powerful and quick to read. And then you'll also see on the top left corner of every single day, there's a little checkbox in the calendar. And what that is, is that's for your one thing. You can choose one thing every month, or it can be the same, something that you want to implement and make this something that you can easily implement like daily meditation or getting a certain amount of steps or 
more water, for example, and staying hydrated, and even taking your supplements. This can be something if you want to get more regular doing a particular habit and routine, you can choose what that checkbox means. So if you want your self-love and sweat free monthly calendar delivered right to your inbox every month on the first of the month, go to lifelikelondon.com forward slash calendar, fill out the form really quickly, and you will have your calendar in your inbox within a few short minutes. That's lifelikelondon, L-I-F-E-L-I-K-E-L-U-N-D-E-N.com forward slash calendar. Go get yours for free and enjoy this episode. As a former competitive high school and university athlete turned couch potato, who is now back on track as a half marathon runner, Beverly Asante Pushman, a certified distance running coach and certified nutrition coach, has walked or rather run the talk. Beverly's running career developed in two phases. She was a competitive runner for 13 years, and that was until the end of college. And then she took a 13-year break and started running again in her mid-30s. Now she loves to get others into running and help helps runners improve their running. Hi, Beverly. I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast to talk all about running and half marathon running. But I want to start with a question for you because this is something I often tell myself through all phases of running throughout my life. Um, I tell myself, if you run, you're a runner because sometimes I'd feel like not a runner if I wasn't running far or fast and I'd get caught up in the comparison trap. So I would often tell myself, hey, London, if you run, you're a runner, no matter what that looks like for you. Do you believe that statement? Do you ever say that to yourself? Or what do you think about that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, London, for that warm introduction. And yeah, I'm so excited to be here. I absolutely believe that. You know, I think that's such a mindset thing. And I think a lot of people, I talked to one runner a long time ago and she said, you know, I still don't feel like a runner because she'd never been particularly athletic, but she'd run even marathons and half marathons. And she said, I still don't, I can't call myself a runner, but I absolutely believe that. Like if you run, you are a runner. Like it doesn't matter like how fast or slow you think you're going. Like if you're running, you're a runner. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's such a, yeah, such a powerful mindset thing. And I tell my clients sometimes that too, because it's like, if not now, when I have that written on a board uh, that I just kind of, I was kind of, you could see it from the camera view. So I put it down here, but it says, if not now, when, and it's like, we could be racing and running and chasing this goal of becoming a runner only to never feel satisfied in the journey. And so I always tell myself, even on those comeback runs where you're like, oh, my legs feel like cement and this hill is not as easy as it was. I don't know when I was running it consistently before I just kind of like, it's like the, I think I can, I think I can, I know I can. I'm like, if you run, you're a runner. So that's something I tell myself a lot. And maybe anybody listening, if you don't know if you're a runner, if you run, you're a runner. So today you got to figure, <laughs> figure that one out too. So what got you started in running Beverly? I know for me, it was really just a matter of feeling uh, free when I was stressed out or in chaos. I first started running when I was in college just to honestly, like it felt good to get out in the fresh air and move. And then I was like, oh, I kind of like this. This is really fun. So how do you start with running and how has it kind of impacted your life? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's how I feel now, the way you're describing it now. And so I guess my initial first phase of running when I was a kid was really just, you know, running around the playground and being competitive in sports class. You know, I was like kind of a competitive kid and I'd always try to like get there first when we went running. So that's how that was driving me was the competition when I was, you know, younger um, through college and doing all the competitions then. 
And then it was really um, later in life that I kind of came to running for a completely different reason. Actually, um, when I met my husband in uh, when I was after college, a couple of years after college, he actually um, said to me, you know, Bev, you should really start running again because I heard from your friends, you're like this athletic beast. And I kind of never, never really picked up on it. And I was like, um, in my mid thirties, I was at work and we had a step contest at the time. It was called the global corporate challenge. And, um, and what we actually did there is we, um, we had to get as many steps as possible per day. So it was a contest on how many steps you could get to get moving. And, um, and so that's when I realized like I was the team captain of this team of, uh, seven of us or six men and me, and they were all significantly older and they were all like athletes. And, um, and I was like, not really fit at that stage. I was like, Oh my gosh, I got to get more steps. So I was like, I'm going to start running again. And I was like, I'm going to run this half marathon. And that's how the whole thing started in my mid thirties again. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. And I love when others that, you know, can see the greatness within us when we kind of forgot about it, right? Your husband's like, well, I heard you this beast, like get after it, go running, uh, you know, show you what you're made of. And I think that those powerful cheerleaders and believers in our life are so, so awesome and so much appreciated. Um, the half marathon for me is the longest distance I've ever ran. I've done five half marathons. And to be honest, I feel like, I feel like everyone except for the first one, to be honest, was much more of a learning experience about myself, my capabilities, my training than it actually was. I would feel like, I don't know, a success. The first one, I just felt like, yeah, it was pretty smooth. And then the second one, I ended up chafing uh, because one of my shorts, like the mm. pant leg had rode up and I didn't realize it. Yeah. So I was like bleeding down the side of my leg. Another one, I had knee issues and walked like the last, I don't know. So I feel like this distance for me, I've, I've gone after it and moved through it in a lot of different ways. And I always find myself at the end of the race being like, oh my gosh, I don't know how people do full marathons. Like, I don't know how I would do double this distance yet. I keep going after it um, every so often, not as regularly as I used to, but I just feel like half marathons. I mean, I see a lot of people do marathons, right? Who maybe haven't worked out a ton in their life. So I know that that's possible. And I feel like uh, 10K and half marathon are even more uh, possible and attainable, especially for people who just like want to get started with training and with running. So do you feel like, you know, a half marathon distance is actually doable for like, I don't know, non-runners or people who are more of like in the couch potato space that you kind of found yourself in? Do you find a lot of people like, <laughs> yeah, I would say like, you know... I don't know. Maybe it was my job to have learning, learning experiences in the half marathon, but I've seen people, yeah, be super successful in that distance, even, uh, you know, from going from not even believing that they could mentally, not even thinking that they could physically and seeing that. So I know you're coaching runners. Do you find that uh, possible for people who haven't done much running and are just thinking about it as half yeah. marathon, like a good distance to go after? Yeah. You know, I think a half marathon is a good distance because it's kind of a challenge. And it's like what you said, like, you know, there's a lot that can happen on a half marathon as well. And in marathon, like the training is quite long. So by the time you kind of get to the half marathon, like, or sorry, the marathon distance, like it takes a really long time and it's a long buildup. So I always feel like a half marathon for people who 
or maybe just getting off the couch is like a really good, mm-hmm. um, it's a very good distance to pick because it's a challenge and you know, you have a couple of st- kind of stepping stones to get there, but I feel like it's a distance that's doable. And also like in terms of the time commitment, like, especially for people who are working full time, or if you've got kids and you're taking mm-hmm. care of the kids, it's also like the time commitment's not as long as if you, um, if you're going to run a half, mar- uh, sorry, a full marathon, right? So myself, I've also settled for the half marathon distance. It's the longest distance I've done. I did one race that was longer in high school, but, um, but basically that's, I find it a really convenient training, um, like period, like it takes, you know, 12 to 16 weeks to kind of ramp up if you're already got a basic fitness. And, um, if you're starting, let's say really off the couch, then you might add the couch to 5k program before that, but it's still doable. And you have milestones. You can run a 5k, you can run a 10k. So you kind of build up as you get there, you know? So I feel like it's a really good distance to set as a challenging goal still, you know? Yeah. Challenging, doable, still definitely. Yeah. Like, like you said, a marathon can be a long training duration, but a half marathon can be long training durations too. And I think probably if I can (laughs) think, well, you know, I think I did a pretty good job training most, but I think that consistency to the plan. And like you mentioned, like doing the 5k first then the 10k and like using it as like little notches in your belt or little like, um, step stools to get to that particular longer distance. And even though half marathon is, you know, half of a marathon, of course, it's still challenging. And I remember, so right now at the time of recording this, it's late October. So we're coming into fall. And I remember when I was living in Austria, which I know Beverly, you're living in Switzerland and it gets really cold in the winter. And Mm -hmm. so I would sign up for half marathons in spring to really motivate me to keep running throughout the winter and to get warm pants and warm running gear and just like keep going as kind of an accountability factor through a season that I wouldn't normally be as active. But there were definitely times where where I would be like, oh my gosh, okay, so 13 miles and I'm doing three or four miles in these training runs and you're just like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get there? But it's nice because over time, I feel like with running, it's really, if you're consistent, you can really see that quick progression over time. So what do you say to people when they're in the midst of that training and it's like, oh man, you know, you're telling me I'm supposed to run for how long nonstop. And right now I can only run this long and I'm panting, you know, and it's not even, you know, any percentage of the distance close. So what do you, yeah. How do you coach through that yourself, your clients, people listening? I'm sure you've heard that voice before. Cause I know I have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what I always tell people, what's so important is that, you know, you really have to know why you're doing this. I mean, you need to like find your why Mm. before you start the training. It's like, we were describing that messy middle and it's like, you know, it's like, oh, the we want to do this or like you're on this like long run and you're like okay I'm just gonna like throw in the towel and walk home today or take the bus home whatever you know but like yeah no it's seriously I mean it does get that way and you know I get I get that way too sometimes and I'm like out on those runs I'm like oh my gosh you know like I, I don't know like, how can, I'm not gonna do like the 18k today like it's just not gonna work out but then you push yourself and you get it done and like I tell myself you know if I'm out there it's okay to walk a couple of meters or ha- you know half a kilometer whatever you got to do to get it done if you if you feel like that's what you got to do to get it done and so you know every so often I'll also stop and just walk a couple steps. But you know, I mean, if you know why you're doing it and what your motivation is for running or for running this half marathon, you know, people have different motivations. It's either like on their bucket list, they want to get fit. I mean, get fit is a very general term, but maybe if you think about how it makes you feel in general, you know, do you have more energy? Do you have 
like, are you feel fresher or like having that feeling at the end of the run? Um, or, you know, people do it because they just want to compete and they want to have a better time. Um, but there's like all these kind of, uh, motivators that you can have and like kind of knowing what that is and kind of reviewing that every day or every morning or before you go on a run be like, okay, I'm doing this because of this. Like that will also like, I think, keep you going, you know, I think it's really, really important. Mm -hmm. And also to have something that you really, that you really can, can live by or like that, that really motivates you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I find, yeah, if there's no why, it's like there's no backbone. There's no foundation. Yeah. It's just like, whoosh, yeah. you know, and a little gust of wind and it all just breaks down because yeah. the why is really the foundation. It's what you can think about, meditate on, um, say to yourself over and over through some of those more challenging moments. And I think yeah. having a greater why, you know, and purpose, if you will, is so powerful. And then also generating, you know, like periodic or like intermittent whys based on, yeah, a race you might be running or a particular goal you might be going after. Sometimes I think it's good to be like, okay, well, why are, why am I doing this? You know, what is the reason behind it? And yeah. um, I find that's like, you know, super, what do you call it? Like super fuel, super power. I feel like yeah. um, that's, a, that's a step a lot of people want to skip. They want to just, you know, not... Thing maybe think about it on a day when they're feeling motivated and inspired and a little like, Ooh, okay, yeah, why? You yeah. know, but to really sit and cultivate your why and ask yourself and then test your why, right? Like you'll know it's your why if you, I don't want to say if you obey it, but if you protect it, right? Like if you're like, no, yeah. I'm going after us. And if it's a why that you're just like, like you said, get fit, it's like that doesn't really have that yeah. emotional feeling where we can kind of feel it in our gut or in our heart or wherever we might feel it. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, give us that. And so I think that's really important. And I think um, that's one of the reasons why I feel like in my life and for my clients has just been so consistent at showing up. That doesn't mean there isn't failure. That doesn't mean there isn't setbacks or anything. It's just like that why is almost like provoking to keep you showing up and, and doing the thing to reach your goals. And so what's what's your why for running? Like why do you... <laughs> Why yeah. do you run, Beverly? Yeah. And I mean, you know, maybe we can talk about that too. Yeah. No, I mean, seriously, I mean, my reason for running is it's a little bit like what you said. Like, I guess it's changed in different parts of my life. You know, when I was when I was a kid or when I was competing in college, it was it was just pure competition, right? And then now that I've gotten older and, you know, I have mm. family, full-time job and all this stuff. So it kind of it changed, right? And so, like, you know, I'm not trying to win the race, you know, because <laughs> that would just take a really big investment. So that's not the goal of the 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 the, the task or the, the endeavor. But for me, it's really, you know, when I go out there and I sometimes really have to push myself stuff. Like I was just doing this the other day. I was at work and I was like, Oh yeah, you know, I could go running in the evening or maybe I'll go running tomorrow morning. I was like, no, like you're going to go out now. And I remembered like, once I come back from that run, I'm going to feel so fresh. I'm going to feel so creative. I'm going to feel like so good. Like it was a sunny day. It was perfect weather for a perfect temperature. And it's just, it's like what you described, you know, that feeling when you come out, especially like here in Switzerland where it gets a little cool around this time of year and you get that little breeze on your face and like, you know, you come back and you're refreshed. You're like, wow, now I can like really attack like my work for the rest of the afternoon. And you can just uh, get it done and it just feels good you know it's like I feel like it, my brain gets this, like rejuvenation each time you know it just feels perfect you know so. yeah it's like a why because of the feeling I am so on board for that and I always um 
say, chase the feeling, you know, not the looks, right? Because sometimes, you know, it can feel really good to exercise or go on a run during a phase of your cycle where you might be like bloated, retaining water, like, you know, our our weight and stuff will fluctuate. So it's like, don't chase what your body looks like. Chase Mm -hmm. continuously finding what feels good. And that'll generally Mm -hmm. lead you to some of the right choices um, for your body. And so, yeah, I love that you, um, yeah, that you... I don't know what I was going to say. I just love this topic on why. <laughs> Sometimes I lose my train of, t- train of thought because I get excited on this topic because as you're saying your why, I'm thinking about it too. And it's just, it's um, it's that feeling, like you said, you're not in your why for running. It's not about winning the race. It's about like finishing and showing yeah, up and exactly. you know doing what you said you were going to do. And that transcends into so many other areas of our lives, not just, you know, while we're running or racing, but also in other areas. It's like, okay, I know what it's like to show up for a tough run, not want to do it, you know, muster up my why and keep going. So I believe in my capabilities to do that elsewhere. Oh, I kind of, I know what I was going to say when it comes to, yeah, chasing the feeling and not the looks. Um, sometimes I'll like even write. And I did this early on when I first started working out and running. And I tell my clients to do this too, is like, write a little note to yourself after you're finished with the workout about how good you feel. Use as many descriptive euphoric words as possible. So then later on when you're like, "Eh," you know, you'll have the evidence from yourself. Right. And I think too, sometimes and someone, some people listening, and I know there's a lot of people where it's like, we feel like we don't have that personal evidence of like, okay, I've done it and felt how it feels so good. Right. In the beginning, it might feel like crap, you know, and it's like, you might be like huffing and puffing and all the things. So, it doesn't always mean that after the first workout or every single workout, that feeling will be there. But it's nice to know that like you can continue to get to a space of like, oh, yes, that's why I'm doing it. It feels so amazing. And I'm going to remind myself of that next time. I'm going to remind myself of like my own personal evidence that I've kind of moved through it and overcome it. And I think, you know, working out, running, all of that, it's like we... Yeah. Sometimes while we're doing it, it's challenging. Sometimes afterwards it's challenging for a little bit, but I just, you know, not to be cliche with that meme where it's like, I regretted that workout says no one ever, but like, unless you're getting injured, (laughs) which I want to talk about too, you don't generally get, yeah, like regret it. I don't know. I mean, maybe if you went too late, sometimes I'm like, oh man, I was like in the zone of that, with that run or that workout. (laughs) And I should have came home and showered sooner. And now I'm like kind of in a rush. So, but other than that, it's like such an invigorating and good experience, um, to feel, yeah, to feel that way. Yeah. That's such a brilliant idea, you know, to like write yourself a note. I can even see myself like writing a post-it and sticking them like all on the wall, you know, because then you have like this memory. It's like so clever about having this memory of how you felt when you came out and then you just give it a look and you're like, wow, that's why I'm going to go for it. That's a really clever idea. I never thought mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause bit. sometimes we can forget, you know, I mean, it's like our, it's some like duality within our brain. It's like, sometimes we can forget, right. What well, we ate for breakfast yesterday, how great it felt to do that workout. Yeah. It's like, we're just kind of, Yeah. Just little hints and reminders for ourselves. Hey, really quick. I want to interrupt the podcast for just a minute to tell you about one of my favorite supplements for hair, skin, nails, digestive, and gut health. And that is Snap Supplements Super Greens with Collagen. Now, if you're following me on social media, you've probably seen me post about this a bunch because honestly, this product tastes amazing and it's jam-packed with nutrients, like I said, to support healthy hair, skin, and nails. It helps support 
detoxification, a healthy immune system, and there's even probiotics in there for a healthy gut. It's non-GMO, no sugar added, soy-free grass-fed collagen, and every scoop is going to give you seven grams of protein. And this is why I love it because it's not like a protein shake. It's just a scoop of powder. It tastes amazing. I put it in water, or if I want more hydration, I'll put it in coconut water and mix it up. And it's like having a nice refreshing beverage that's packed with a bunch of super greens and protein. So what I'm super excited about is that for listening to the podcast, you'll get this discount here, nowhere else, but for listening to the podcast, you can save 25% off on all your snap supplement purchases, including the super greens with collagen. And you do that by using code London 25 at checkout. That's L U N D E N 25 L U N D E N two five to get 25% off at checkout. You can shop on snapsupplements.com or you can shop on my website, lifelikelondon.com forward slash supplements. And you'll see there, there's already an additional 10% taken off, but you, because you're a podcast listener, you're going to get 25% off when you use the code London 25 at checkout, L U N D E N 25 at checkout to get your snap supplements, super greens and collagen and all your snap supplements for 25% off. Now let's get back to the show. But let's talk about um, injury because I know that is important to talk about when doing some of these longer distances in terms of what can we do to prepare effectively and, you know, let's say prevent injury while improving performance. I, um, yeah, I've had a lot of knee issues. I heard it playing soccer as a kid. And as a kid, I didn't mm. do like the physical therapy exercises that the doctor told me. I was like 12, yeah. 13. I was like playing yeah. with my friends and didn't do um, a lot of that due diligence then. So later on in my running um, races, I definitely had to um, nurture and take care of my knee. I definitely had some moments throughout some of those half marathons where I'd walk some of those kilometers because you're just like, okay, I can feel it starting to creep up. I'm going to walk a little bit and then see if I can keep going after a while. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, how do you coach on injury? How do we prevent injury? How do we know if something is like, um, yeah, bad to stop or it's just like, Hey, we just need to, you know, Mm. walk a couple kilometers, like how, you know, uh, and I say this because I want, I like when we can, and I know it's always great to work with coaches. I know it's always great to get customized Mm. feedback, which I love, but I think it's nice to have hints on like the whispers and signs Mm. our body might give us when it's time to like, okay, nudge it a little bit back. So maybe you can help guide us a little bit there, but of course it never substitutes customized coaching because it's like, how can we tell someone exactly when they need to stop? Right. Sure. And yeah, what I would say to that is so, um, yeah, so injury, you know, there's people that come to running and let's say they've had an injury before, or maybe they get injured as they start running or whatever. But the one thing I would actually also recommend is let's say for somebody, if they're starting in and they have had an injury in the past, I mean, the one thing that would be really good is also just really make sure you get really good shoes so that you have shoes that are fitted, like fitted for your feet. So that's like Mm -hmm. really the number one thing is right. And what by, and to do that, like you really need to go into a running store. Like I really, 
really don't recommend that people get shoes online because if you can get a really good salesperson in a running store, then you can make sure that like, you know, they will check, they'll ask you if you have orthotics for your, for your shoes. They'll also like check, like, how do you run? Do you pronate? And like, you know, the different things. And then you can get shoes that really fit. Like some of them will will watch you run outside or they have a treadmill or a little running track in the store. And Mm -hmm. the running, the running shoe store, just like some of them have really excellent salespeople. And you want to make sure that they check all those things. You know, they ask you what type of terrain you're running on. So then you've, once you've got the right shoes, you can also go as far as to do like a running analysis just to, to make sure that you've got kind of the right stuff. But that's like the first place to start is really the shoes, right? And then of course, like once you get started with the, with the training. So what I always tell people is, you know, if you do have an injury, be, be kind of like on the watch out and listen for that. Right. And then if something does come up, then either, you know, go back to your physical therapist where you've gotten your exercises from and get it checked or like actually go to the doctor as well. Because I think the last thing that you want to do is like run for a really long time. Like I see people, they'll run for like a week or two or three on an injury. That's like just getting worse and worse. And I think the best thing you can actually do is like get help as quick as possible, because normally the doctors can help you do a corrective, uh, you know, measure that will keep you on your feet a lot longer than if you run through an injury. Right. And, you know, if you have something that's reoccurring, then you, you probably kind of know how to deal with it. But yeah, if you're in a race, that's always a tricky question. It's like, okay, do you finish or do you not finish? Right. So this is where you have to listen to your body and make wise choices in terms of, do you think it's going to injure you, you know, for good, or do you think you can kind of make it to the end? Right. So um, yeah, and it's sometimes a struggle. And there were there was a time, not in a half marathon race, but in a Spartan race that I did uh, uh, the the shortest distance one. It's like between five and six k. Yeah. And I noticed my knee mm-hmm. was acting up because there was like a lot of uphill and downhill. And um, yeah, I ended up not finishing because I was like, you know what? Why? For what? Tomorrow yeah. I'm going to be in pain if I keep going. Yeah. It was, yeah, I had just a, a couple more kilometers left, but that's a lot when you're in pain. So I yeah. just was like, you know what? I am going to own it. I'm going to own that this is just not the time. This is the time to listen and time yeah. to like step it back. And then yeah. in some half marathons too, it was kind of like, okay, I'd gone as far as I could running. And I remember there was one I did in Verona, Italy, which was so awesome, like a Romeo and Juliet marathon. But I ended up walking like the last, mm-hmm. I don't know, hour and 15 minutes because my knee was just like, like not feeling good. And I hadn't supported it the way I knew I needed to be right. It's always kind of in hindsight, but just, yeah, continuing to show up for the race just for what, yeah, what it might teach you and what you can uh, potentially learn. I feel like, and you know, it goes to show too, you know, a lot of those things that we don't want to do, like the foam rolling and the mobility work and the stretching and the recovery, like that's going to be really important and really powerful. And I think we can get excited and motivated when it comes to running and just be like, yeah, more running, go, go, go. But, you know, what's the importance, um, would you say, Beverly, of like following a plan, honoring your plan, not trying to do the most, yeah. like honoring where, you know, where you need to be for that journey of training and the benefits, you know, yeah. that you receive by you know, not overtraining or not getting injured. How important it yeah. is or how important is it? For right. That? And it's, right. So those are two other important aspects that you just brought up as yeah. well, right? So the training plan, but also of course the rolling and the stretching and all the other exercises that your you physio know. prescribed you to do. But it is true. Like, you know, it's very, a very, especially a lot of runners are kind of like, I run and like, you know, they don't like to do core exercise. They don't like to do the extra rolling and foam rolling, stretching and all that kind of stuff. But it's actually super important, particularly if you're a bit injury prone, it's even more important. Like I have one athlete right now and this person's a little injury prone and he's just found when he religiously sticks to all those routines, he can run a lot more and he's a lot more successful. Right. But yeah, I mean, the other thing is also like, of course, if you're going to run 
prepare for half marathon, having a really good training plan is also another thing that I really recommend because, you know, one of the things you want to make sure is that you don't up your, um, your weekly mileage or your actual long runs. You don't want to progress them too fast because that's obviously another source of, of possible injury. And so you want to be very careful with, with that type of stuff too. And when you've got an actual training plan, they put them, they put the, you know, uh, they'll put the, the, the workouts in the order that, um, that kind of makes sense to, to build them up. Right. So that's definitely also really important having like either a coach who coaches you, or if you decide not to take a coach to have like an actual training plan that you can follow and you can get a training plan for somewhere between 20 and $40, like $20, $40, depending. I do like recommend if you do get a training plan and not a coach, like get one that's really high quality, because I know sometimes people download the free ones from the internet. And I was thinking if you're going to work that hard, like give yourself, you know, spend the 20 to $40 to get like a, a plan that will get you there safely. You know, it's like, I just think it, it's really worth it. So yeah. Yes. Yes. I agree a hundred percent because then you go with a plan versus how you're feeling and you don't end up yeah. overdoing it on the days you feel like Superman and you don't end up yeah. underdoing it. And you can kind of push yourself a little bit on those days when it's necessary in order to get that mileage in. So whenever I've done half marathon, I've personally always had a a coach and it was just kind of, yeah, like a, like a spreadsheet of just me showing him where I'm at and how I'm feeling and yeah. him kind of adding on every couple weeks. So I like that. I like that. That customization. I like yeah. having the person, the expert that we can go to, even as yeah. someone who's, you know, worked in fitness for a long time. I love having coaches too, because then it's like one less mm. thing I need to remember in terms of like, it's just like you have that person who's there, that it's their area of expertise to coach you. Mm. Um, and it's always been really helpful. So I think too, and then I've also yeah. Googled, I remember for my first triathlon, I just Googled like free sprint triathlon training plan and followed that. And it seemed to work pretty well, to be honest, but I get what you okay. mean where it's like yeah. something more robust, something that can, you know, be flexible with you. I think sometimes there's mm -hmm. certain plans where it's like, okay, well, what happens if you, something happens and you need to dial it back a little bit? Do we just come yeah. back two weeks later where we're like, we in theory would be two weeks later if we kept progressing? Yeah. Well, not really, because that would be like jumping 10 steps ahead instead of two. Right. So I think yeah. that's also why I enjoy the coaching and the customization and things like that. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So what else do you have like in terms of your personal goals for running? Is there something that you want to complete or finish is your goal just to continue to help more and more runners, you know, run and have fun doing it? What do you feel like, um, you know, your bigger purpose is when it comes to running? Yeah, you know, I just I just love to talk like get people into running because I just think it's such a rewarding thing and when people discover running I just see like this light on their face, you know. And it's really it's really interesting to see um how people just get so excited once they discover running. And I, I, I re I see people coming to running for like different reasons. Like some people want to get fit or like some people just have it as a bucket list item. They want to run a half marathon, marathon, 10 K, you know, whatever it is. Um, or they, uh, they, they like the competition. They like the t-shirts, medals, you know, there's all kinds of things that people motivates people to run. But I just think like, for me, I just want to, I th you know, if I could get as many people off the couch and start running as I could, then that would be like, um, that's like my goal in life is just to get people to find the joy in running and like get that really great feeling like that we were talking about earlier and like, you know, having a goal and, and just using it for, I guess, to make them feel just really good, you know, and also to support the other goals in their life. Um, also, you know, getting healthy or being there for their family for a longer time because they're healthier or, uh, you know, just feeling better so that you can 
you know, do your work better or whatever, whatever the goal is. Right. But I just, I just think it's such a brilliant thing. And I just, you know, I hope I can get more people into it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And I love the, your energy behind it. I mean, those of you listening, you can hear it, but if you're watching the video, you can see it too. And I think that's so powerful in the running community is that like euphoric feeling of just like loving running and then also mm-hmm. the community around it too. I mean, I haven't ran in a community running group in a really long time, but when I lived in Europe, I did a lot. We had the Adidas runners group and that was so much fun. And we would have like different pace groups. And so everybody could run at a pace that was good for them. And they'd have someone um, there to guide you. And it was just like so much fun, a great way to connect. I remember growing up, my mom and dad were pretty active actually really active growing up. That's kind of the models I saw from my parents. Mm -hmm. But my mom, she would go running a few times a week. It'd be like her and like six of her girlfriends and they would go run um, in the morning and just be that like community, probably just like running and chit-chatting and like, you know, doing their little, (laughs) uh, you know, catch up thing in the morning. And I just always saw running being a really great place for community, for that inclusive community. I feel like yeah, we would go to these, you know, running groups. It was like, whoever came, if you were new, if you'd been there forever, we were just all so excited to move and run and sweat together. And so I find the community aspect of that too is really, really cool. And every time I go somewhere, I try to find if one exists, a running community or a running club or something that's happening where I can, it's, it's motivating, it's accountability for me. And then I always just find I push myself and have a little bit more fun when I'm in a group sometimes in that community aspect of running. So do you like that? too? Do you like to, do you prefer more to run alone? Do you encourage your clients to get involved in, in running communities? How do you find that helpful? Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely encourage people to get run, um, into running communities. I know a lot of people benefit from that a lot. I've actually not done it so much here um, just because, you know, I've have a family. And so we actually, when I do go out with anyone, it's usually like my son or then actually would sometimes just all go together. And it's like, you know, in the beginning, my son would come along with his bicycle because, you know, he wasn't, didn't didn't really want to run that far. So for him, it was just easier to take the bike. So sometimes like, you know, we go like my husband and I and, uh, and our son would come along with the bicycle. <laughs> and so like, it was kind of cool. We'd go for like 10, 12 K, you know, uh, on the weekend. And, um, and sometimes actually now my son's on the track and field team. So he actually will, for the shorter runs, he'll sometimes come along, uh, you know, all together. And it's, it's kind of, it's really cool. I just love like running with people. A lot of times when I'm like training for a serious race, like I do like to, um, follow the workouts. And so like, you know, you don't always find someone who wants to like come along and do hill sprints, you know, <laughs> but I actually have had coworkers who were perfectly happy to come along on whatever mm-hmm. workout was on the schedule that day. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, you know, that's, that was really cool. I mean, he was a great running buddy and we'd have such good conversations because he was just such a brilliant person and, uh, and it was a lot of fun, you know, but yeah, I love to run with people. I've not done the running community thing that much myself, but I know, um, a lot of people just love it. And I also encourage people just to meet other runners because, you know, the other aspect of that is that, um, not everybody is into running. Right. And so like when people start running and they start sharing about their running experiences, they're really excited about it. Sometimes they face these like negative comments from other people outside the running community. Right. And that's what's also so important to like have your little niche of people who love to hear about running or like to talk about running too. Right. 
Yes, absolutely. I'm so happy you mentioned that because, yeah, sometimes the people that are in our lives are not always supportive of every single decision and transition that we make in our life. And so it's nice to have that support and those people too who are running despite maybe doubt from other people or running despite maybe even doubt within themselves, right? So I think it's just cool to connect with other runners in general. So that's been really powerful in my life. And you've created your own little community within your family. And I remember as a kid being exactly like you mentioned your kids, like right next to my mom on the bike sometimes when she'd let me come along. Sometimes she'd be like, no, I need my time. Like go with your dad, just, you know, relax. I'm going to go run. (laughs) But sometimes I'd be there with her on my bike. And so that was a very good uh, example. And one of the reasons why I found fitness just so fun and natural um, when I, you know, when we were growing up and things like that. So it's cool that you're also modeling that not just to your clients and people in your community, but your family. I feel like that's so powerful for kids, especially just to see adults in their lives and mentors moving, having fun moving, moving consistently, making working out and moving just a part of who they are and who they're being. I think that's a very, um, yeah, something that not everybody gets a chance to see. So I think it's important and powerful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Thank you so much, Beverly, for your time talking about half marathon and running. I actually haven't been running a lot lately. I just been more running intuitively, just like, okay, today I feel like running and this is how far I feel like running. And so it's been fun to explore, um, you know, what it feels like to be in a plan mode for a race and what it feels like just to run for fun and to continue to tell myself, Hey, London, you know, chill out. If you run, you're a runner. It's okay that you haven't done a race this year. I mean, what does that mean anyways? And so it's been fun talking with you about this because it's kind of, yeah, motivating me to want to run even just a little bit more, even just to get out and sweat and to, um, run, like I have a hill right here. So when you said hill sprints, I was like, Hmm, Maybe that's a good idea. (laughs) It feels so invigorating (laughs) sometimes. So thank you for your energy and your light and your motivation and what you're doing within your family and for others to help them find running and find the love of running. Um, Let everybody know where they can connect with you on social media, on your website, whatever. Tell us how we can learn more about running from you with you. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, one way to learn more about half marathon running is with Ace the Half, the book that I've written. So um, that you can get actually on Amazon or many other online retailers and sometimes in the bookstores as well. So that's one way. The other way is at um, iloveturunandrace.com. You'll find me there. And you'll also find a little uh, quiz there if you'd like to take that to find out what your half marathon readiness score is. So that's the top uh, right corner where you'll find the quiz tab. And then you can also find me on Facebook, um, facebook.com forward slash I love to run race. So I'd love to connect with all you there. I love that. Thank you so much. I'll put the links to all of your social media, including the link for your amazing book, Ace the Half, in the show notes description, wherever you're listening or watching this episode. Beverly, it's been such a pleasure. I'm so excited that we got to have you and your time here today. And thank you guys all for listening. Thank you, London. It was great talking to you. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Self Love and Sweat, the podcast. Hey, do me a favor. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, give us a review. This really helps a lot. And share this with a friend. I'm only one person. And with your help, we can really spread the message of self love and sweat and change more lives all around the world. I'm London Souza reminding you that you deserve a life full of passion, presence, and purpose fueled by self-love and sweat. This 
This podcast is a HitSpot Austria production.